Good morning, good evening, Matthew Grant here, and you may have noticed we're cranking up the podcast releases to two week, such as demand, and look out for our video highlights too on YouTube. Well, in the battle between insurers and disruptors, the insurers have won. Certainly when it comes to specialty insurance, where what is being underwritten can be complicated and each submission looks different. But in the last two years, we've seen a shift and insurers now understand the need for full transformation to digital but many still are struggling to understand what to do and need help. While InsurTech may not be aiming for disruption, but we are seeing more and more examples of collaboration between the scale-up InsurTechs and the established insurers. And you may have heard us talk to a few of those founders on the podcast. This week, we're continuing our themes of talking to the people that can connect the wiring between the companies with the innovation and technology and the insurers. PwC is helping and learning through its scale-up program and it's no surprise that many of the companies selected for its cohorts are also Instec members. We cover a lot of ground with Anthony and Andrew and a few nuggets in here to help you, whether you're building technology yourself, you're an underwriter trying to make better use of your time, or you're just curious. You can find out more about us on www.instec.co or contact hello at instec.co if you're interested in becoming a member. Now, on with the show. Anthony, Andrew, great to have you. We are again doing a follow-up to one of your colleagues' previous discussions we had. So we had uh, Glenn Austin Brown on the podcast back in November last year, and a really fascinating discussion. But your target for this uh, this episode is 1,311 listeners to be. People are obviously very interested in what's going on at PwC. Are you, uh, are you up for that? Absolutely, yeah. Always up for a challenge. So a bit about PwC before we kick things off. So you're a global professional services operation. You're active in 150 companies and got quarter of a million people. And we're going to be talking about a scale-up program shortly, but that's in the fourth year you're offering that for different areas, but we'll be covering what you're doing for InsurTech. And the point of that is to identify high potential businesses and you help them raise their profile and identify new commercial opportunities and really, as the name suggests, help them for fast scale-up by support from your own expertise and some of your corporate partners. And I'm also delighted to see that some of the people who've been on the Scale Up program in the past are also working with us. Andrew Caswell, you're Director of Insurance Consulting and you are responsible for the Scale Up program. And Anthony Joseph, you're an insurance consulting partner and you're driving PwC support for digitizing London market. Welcome. Thanks, Matthew. Great to be here. So we've got a lot of topics we could cover. Let's start off with you, first of all, Anthony. What do you want to, uh, what do you want to talk about today? What we'd really like to talk about firstly is obviously the digitization transformation agenda that's hitting the London market, both at the market level and also across brokers, managing agents and insurers. Obviously, we're seeing a heap of transformation driven by a combination of customer and competitive factors, but also the rise in the maturity of the technology, cloud computing, data, AI, and the fact that's really no longer a limiting factor for the to address the complexities and the nuances of the London market business. And we're really excited by the role that InsurTechs are playing here. This is the fourth year, as you mentioned, that we're supporting the InsurTech Scale program. And we wanted to talk to you a little bit more about that. Yeah, so and as Anthony mentioned, Scale is a really important program for us. It's the fourth time that we'll have run it over the last five and a half years. Really excited, as I said, to have 10 really innovative InsurTechs in our cohort for this year. Scale, for me, is a program very close to my heart, something that I'm very passionate about and believe that it's, uh, you know, as AJ's already talked about, fundamental to helping the the London market digitize. Andrew, we've had our first acronym, AJ, but of course you're talking about Anthony. I don't think I know Anthony well enough, Anthony, to call you AJ's. So I, w- I want to come back on that for both of you, actually, on that point about short tech companies supporting 
specialty. I'm quite a strong believer that the concept of disruption in the war between disruption and insurers, and insurers won that battle, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. What's your view as you look across the insurance companies now thinking about how they think about insurtech? I definitely agree with your point, firstly. I don't think that our clients, as the carriers, kind of see insurtech as the big existential threat that they might have done five or six years ago. I think they definitely see them as partners. They are all actively on the lookout for insurtechs that can help them accelerate help them build more innovative solutions and help them add greater value to their clients. What we've seen, though, is we've seen carriers, we've seen our clients struggle to do that at scale. You know, you see pockets of success, which we'll talk about, but at scale, I don't think we've seen any be any of our clients really embrace and embed in tech and drive a kind of scaled, mature proposition to the market. From what I'm seeing, the InsureTechs have been really successful at identifying specific business problems to solve and and being quite successful in deploying great technology into those problems. Where we've seen some of them get unstuck is the deep understanding of the environment in which they're implementing the broader environment of the carrier or the broker or whatever it might be, and uh, the understanding of the legacy and making it all connect, right? So certainly... There's an opportunity there for insurtechs to play a role and to be embedded into that ecosystem, but I don't think that head-on sort of replacement. I don't, I'm not sure we're seeing a lot of that. No, certainly the the approach of turning up an insurance company and telling them why they got things wrong and how technology is going to replace underwriters didn't go down too well for some of that, those early companies. And I suppose in a way you've you've given yourselves an even bigger challenge, and it sounds like working at it successfully because you're looking at specialty insurance, which of course is a lot more complicated than personal lines. It's also an area where clearly it is harder to replace the human. That's one thing we've discovered. And, and uh, whilst you might have aggregators for retail and motor, it seems like we're still some way from that. So what can we celebrate that's been successful in the last few years? And, and as you look forward, we should be thinking about. The first thing to celebrate is the fact that the market, especially the lines market, has woken up to the need to transform. That's something to really celebrate. Five, six, seven years ago, there was still a lot of skepticism about whether technology could really help to support and transform specialty lines, given the complex nature of the risks that they underwrite. We see across all of our clients a significant amount of spend now in transformation, in kind of technology and data to help uh, support and transform the underwriting process. I think that's something to celebrate. I really do. And Andrew, I will come back on that definition of transformation because it's easy to say, but for someone that's trying to distinguish what is transformation versus just finding something digital, for want of a better way of putting it, what does something need to be properly transformational or successful as being transformational? Something that seeks to drive a step change in performance, whether that's in um, the experience that's provided to brokers, whether that's in the underlying sophistication of the pricing, whether that's in the underlying core metrics around loss ratio and expense ratio and GWP growth, is really about driving a step change in performance. In terms of what's inherent for success in driving transformation in the specialty lines market, one of the biggest factors we constantly see is a lack of adoption. 
and transformations not bringing the business and and the underwriting function with them and doing it to them rather than with them and therefore the investment in technology is the, the benefits and the return on investment is not realized as a result of that i really like that comment doing it to them, not doing it with them, but looking for a more positive angle. Are there, are there some specific examples you can talk about, maybe from some of the companies you know or been through the scale program that are, are now part of actually helping people successfully transform? Where the the real successes I think that we've seen in the market have been people like Convex and Vave, Key, Rethink. They've taken quite a different approach, I think, to transformation. They have very much created either a company from scratch in, in Convex's case or Vave's case or Key's case, set up the outside of the main business, a specific business founded on with quite a different underpinning culture with a new modern tech stack unencumbered by the problems of legacy. And as a result of that, you see those businesses grow and start to be really successful in the market. We've seen, unfortunately, far less success of transformational initiatives for legacy carriers for a number of reasons which we can talk about. So Anthony, I just want to pick up on what Andrew's saying about legacy systems. Is my sense is that's getting a little bit better now. There are people finding a ways around some of the sort of shortcomings of being able to connect APIs to legacy systems. Pretty critical that's going to be evolving. And I guess that's part of what you're doing at PwC. We've seen a number of insurers have a lot of success getting themselves off accelerators, for example, and move on to contemporary pricing platforms. There's been some good traction with exposure management solutions. I think we're seeing some some good early signs of success with really getting that better submission management platforms in place as well. There was a press release even over the weekend from Saitora around their, uh, their early success with Markel. We're also seeing some good early signs with underwriting workbenches and some solid proofs of concepts that, that have emerged. But I think what we are seeing is in many cases, some insurers are struggling to get those to scale. And there's some really good insure techs out that have the technology to solve for these business problems now. The challenge is really how to get those good technology solutions working at scale in the insurer's context and in the context of their legacy, legacy ecosystems. And I don't think we've cracked that one yet. Are we starting to see signs of that or are we still in the sort of individual line of business type solutions? There are green shoots, absolutely. Now, it's really how those solutions are being deployed in the organization, the the success of the business strategy, the decisions around the business model, the processes, the change of roles and the capabilities, the the architectural choices of how these solutions come together, not just as isolated point solutions, but how they play into the overall architecture of the insurers, both shiny new world and dark legacy to really drive an outcome at scale. I think that's that's probably the 3.0. And when these legacy insurance companies come and talk to you, Anthony, what help specifically are they asking for? you for there's often questions around okay what is the right the right architecture to deliver on what i want to achieve i think there's a a fair amount of alignment many clients are talking to us around the goals and objectives of these underwriting transformations or new underwriting front-end underwriting solutions the goals are pretty clear we want to make better faster decisions we want to use our our highly skilled and scarce underwriters more effectively and get them looking at more of the right submissions and making better decisions on those submissions getting to 
what is the right architecture, what's the right choice of platforms, how might I use the InsureTech community to deliver those solutions? That's one part of it. And then really, it's a lot of it's about execution. How do I start? How do I structure a program? How do I manage the dependencies? How do I get underwriters on board? How do I get them excited? Remembering, of course, that this is a, a very significant step change for underwriters and they haven't, they may not have been through that in their careers. So this is quite a fundamental shift in how they work and how they do their roles. And then, Andrew, that links back to what you're doing at ScaleUp. On the fourth cohort, so I'm assuming that's been working well up until now. Can you sort of touch on some of the, the specific successes from the, the prior cohorts that people might be aware of? We've had some great organizations go through the program that have I think really starting to contribute to what we're talking about on this podcast with the kind of digitization of the market. Artificial were an insure tech that went through one of our first scale-ups and programs and artificial is an organization now starting to gain real traction in the market in terms of that kind of algo follow business with great success with Apollo and certainly I think more to come from artificial send, I think, are another one. The whole market is talking about underwriting workbenches. And our belief at PBC is that the underwriting workbench is at the core of of that underwriting transformation. It's that core kind of productivity, single pane of glass, uh, where the underwriter comes. It's where the decision support lands. And I think send that out-of-the-box package, software-as-a-solution that Send have got. So Send came through the scale program last year. We've seen real success in a number of of different insurers in terms of embedding and building that out-of-the-box capability from an underwriting workbench perspective. The final one I think I would mention would be HX. Um, Again, they came through the program last year. Um, As AJ's mentioned, you know, on the top of many of the digital transformations we see is the digitization of pricing and HX as a solution is right at the top of many of our clients' lists. The capability and the flexibility of that tool, I think, is second to none. And we've seen real um, cut through, I think, from HX in the market. Well, you got it right. And then we followed on because uh, all three of those organizations you've had on the podcast in the last six weeks that James Slaughter and David King from Artificial you know, talking about their iBot syndicate had Andy Moss from Send. And more recently, we had Amrit from HyperExponential, as they're now calling themselves, talking about what they're doing. All three of those organizations are showing what happened when you've got people that had experience in insurance, cut their teeth, didn't get funding too early, you know, learned the hard way, made some money, and then brought funding in. So it's so great to see all of those ones coming together. And of course, collaborating with each other as well, which is, I think, a key part of it from an insurance point of view. It's not just they're collaborating with the insurers, but they themselves are coming together as a kind of package solution. When a company goes through the cohort, what do they actually do? People will be, a lot of people will be familiar with what Lloyd's Lab does. I think probably less so what you do. So what's the experience for the people taking part? Firstly, the program is run in conjunction with Growth Builders, who are uh, our delivery partners. They're an innovation consultancy that was actually spun out of PwC three years ago and, and now run these events for PwC and others. And so as part of the program, we run a series of masterclasses across a series of different capabilities, sales, marketing, raising capital, finance, uh, to help these insurtechs build their capability um, in these areas as they look to scale. We also provide them with an internal PwC SME as a mentor throughout the program to help them shape their proposition uh, help them with the connectivity into the market and and through PwC. Um, and often those mentor and those relationships continue after the program. 
The third, I suppose, key building block of the program, though, is a presentation to all of our partners and directors at PwC, followed by then two external events to our client base. One is a face-to-face and then one is a kind of virtual mop-up. And obviously, that's to build connectivity into our internal network. PwC is a hugely matrix networked organization, so the internal network is extremely important, um, as well as obviously then building connections into our clients. So yeah, that's the program and all of the scale-ups that have been through it, I think, um, speak to the value not only of the masterclasses, but also the ability to kind of think and hone their value proposition as they go through the proposi- through the program, as well as obviously the ability and opportunity to talk to clients and build connectivity, build connectivity and, and build opportunities. And what about the geographic scope? I see Alphins is on the latest cohort that based in in Paris, although they're doing quite a lot of work in London. What are the criteria you set, or the scope that you set for the scale up program? The criteria is essentially insurtechs that have a value proposition that already resonates in the market. So they've got customers and or clients. So we can see that there's a value proposition that's had cut through and success and that are looking to grow and scale in the UK market. And so it doesn't matter where you're from. And as you said, often we have um, organizations from all over the globe, but as you say, Olfins is not from the UK, steer on the program then outside of the UK this year as well. We have a number of organizations that are outside of the UK, but the key kind of criteria is they want to grow in the UK. The 21st of November and then virtual 29th of November, who can see people presenting on those? So that is open to all brokers, carriers and MGAs. It's not limited to to our clients. So anybody can attend the face-to-face session, which is four till six on November the 21st in our offices in Embankment Place or virtually on the 29th from four to 5 p.m. Anybody can attend. Excellent. Well, we'll put the links in the episode notes as well so people can learn more about those. And then I wanted just to not quite a switch because it, it links together what we've been talking about, but culture and talk a little bit about the fact that it, sometimes it's too easy to be critical of the insurers because they're not moving fast enough and not changing. But it's actually really hard to do that, as we know, and we've sort of touched on a little bit. What, what are you seeing, though, in terms of people either coming into the industry or people already in the industry but able to actually drive change from within as opposed to you know, just feeling it's too hard to make anything change? We're definitely seeing a shift towards digital from the newer sort of generation of underwriters coming through. I don't think it's just the newer generation, though. I think there's a a good acceptance from the older generation as well that uh, these digital tooling and the potential that it has to allow them to be to do a better job is is too huge to ignore. I think what you're seeing, though, in particular with the younger generation, though, is it's just an expectation, right? It's an expectation that the tools that I use at work are the same tools that I used at university, the same school tools that I used at school, so that I'm not living in the in 2023 and working in 1995. So uh, I think that's where it becomes a really important aspect in terms of talent attraction and talent retention, that those newer generation of underwriters will simply expect and do simply expect to have contemporary tools to be able to allow them to, to do their job as effectively as they want to. 
are we starting to see a new organizing framework that's actually helping bring all these things together so you, you, when you find new technology or new companies go through your scale up they don't then have to go and sell the benefits this is a natural place for them to be deploying their analytics or their the data this is one of the the most difficult challenges that i think that carriers are facing into at the moment they have legacy architectures that mean that it's difficult to drive innovation it's difficult to leverage the value of data and it's difficult to drive that kind of frictionless left to right underwriting experience that i think everybody would accept is is where they they want to get to underpinning all of that is you know the types of things that you know most modern technology or organizations are talking about so the move to cloud you know the leveraging of more agile principles uh, to drive kind of greater flexibility modern data architectures and infrastructures that are providing real-time data connectivity you know api-led connectivity flexible extensible systems those are the kind of principles that kind of underpin a modern it technology infrastructure that enables an organization, I think, to be able to embed and scale the kind of insure tech capability that we're talking about. And I think, again, we see a lot of carriers on that journey towards that kind of technology and architecture. And then 12 months from now, when we're coming back and seeing how we've got to, we've got a few areas I think we can declare success over the last couple of years. What do you think we're going to be celebrating next year? start to see more success in terms of automating submissions and then driving uh, that submission data into a digital pricing tool that enables an underwriter to make a better underwriting decision and then that flows seamlessly into the downstream policy admin system essentially a, a greater kind of underlying data connectivity between the parts of the underwriting journey that I think in pockets will start to drive much or more of this kind of frictionless left to right underwriting journey. I don't think you'll see that being pervasive across all lines of business and all organizations, but you'll start to see, and I think we're even starting to see just about now, you know, more pockets of success where organizations have successfully achieve that and i think that will be the foundation from which they can then build on and scale into across all lines of businesses so i think that's the main thing we'll see gen ai at the moment clearly is in the hype cycle organizations are trying to work out how to use gen ai where to use gen ai and we see a lot of kind of proof of concepts but next year i think we'll start to see organizations having worked out where and how to use it. But I think what they'll also be focused on is the fact about how to scale Gen AI solutions. One of the things that we see at the moment is lots of proof of concepts, but you know, a lack of focus, I suppose, on then how to scale and make sure. And I think organizations will have to start to put in place the foundations to enable them to scale those solutions. What, what's, what's been your experience, I guess, personally, and from people you're talking to about their own direct in or out or quite possibly outside of business how they how they're using chat gpt or bard or other tools yeah i mean i think you made the point outside of business i think very very few organizations and or people 
that that I interact with are actually experiencing chat GPT within their organizations. At the moment, the vast majority of people who have experienced chat GPT are very much in a personal context. As you say, kind of asking them to answer question X or opine on thought Y in the comfort of their own homes rather than actually having tested it out in anger within a business context. You're starting to see some proof of concepts, but you know, not really at the scale at which it's starting to make any kind of cut through in terms of kind of transformational cut through. Like I agree with Andrew. I think what we're definitely, in terms of that Gen AI, heaps of hype, a lot of talk about use cases, a lot of talk, a lot of people freewheeling and imagining how wonderful it's going to be. And I think still very much working through what are the preconditions that need to be true to enable safe and scaled use of, of Gen AI. So I think we've got a ways to run to move from discrete but exciting use cases in the, all that proofs of concept again into something that's really going to shift the dial organizationally. I think it'll happen quickly, but I don't think it's there yet. Yeah, how does somebody help influence with their colleagues or people that are maybe not quite there yet in terms of understanding the benefits, whether it's generative AI tools or just you know, what we might call now more traditional technology that was developed, I guess, two years ago before we all started hearing about chat GPT and so on. It's got to start with the benefits, right? What's in it for what's in it for them? What's in it for the customers? What's in it for their organizations? It's not about the technology. It's not about the tooling. It's about the outcomes. So starting getting really clear on that. So for an underwriter, it's how is it going to help you make better risk decisions? How is it going to help you see more relevant? I think there's enough examples of success and enough green shoots to be able to point to external organizations that are starting to see good results with any of these capabilities. Um, so I think there's an opportunity to look externally and organizations such as yourself, Matthew. And then I think it's about finding the right evangelist within the organization, right? So, you know, can you find somebody in the organization who can stand shoulder to shoulder with you to spread the word? Ideally, someone who can be the, the subject of that first proof of concept to bring the benefits into the organization. And then I think you've got to keep your promises, right? You've got to deliver what you say you will, you know, uh, deliver the capability that you say, deliver the benefit that you say, you know, no surprises. If we can get that right in a proof of concept, I think once you've got that, then you've got momentum. There's nothing like early runs on the board. If you can show internal demonstrable success, then I think you can cut through a lot of that skepticism and get people on the bus pretty quickly. And and then for those that are curious to learn more, what's the good resource for people to tap into in, in PwC? Yeah, we do have white papers in the market at the moment. If you Google PwC underwriting transformation, you'll see a paper that we did at the back end of last year. We're currently refreshing that. So you'll see a new version of that come out in the beginning of 24. We're also going to be fairly active on LinkedIn and in other channels in this space as well. Great. And then if you want to talk to you personally, you're a professional services organization, so you've got to make money somehow. You know, does it need to start running as soon as they, they sit down and talk to you? Or do you give people a little bit of a chance to get to know you first of all? We're always delighted to be talking to people, comparing notes about what we're seeing. We learn as much as others do when we do that, right? So definitely the meter does not start running to your question and just reach out. You know, we're always keen to have a chat. Fantastic. And then finally, what it was about what we're doing at Instec, very much welcome your support, but there are lots of choices how you spend your money these days. It'd be good to hear how we're adding value to you and your clients and community. The first thing, Matthew, obviously, is the chance to be on this podcast and be famous. That was the kind of driving force for our support. Listen, AJ talked about 
you know, we're really passionate about transforming the market and going on that journey with the market. And, and we are. And I think we believe, and I think I know you believe as well, that, you know, InsureTech has an absolutely key role to play in the acceleration of that transformation, not least because InsureTech's got great kind of technology solutions to specific pain points, but also access to kind of great technology capability and resource that often carry a struggle with. So, you know, I think given the role that we believe InsureTech, you know, could and should play in the transformation of the market and, you know, our view that the future is, as you've already talked about, one of collaboration and ecosystems and bringing different solutions together. We want to be at the heart of of that conversation. We want to be play a, a central role in convening that type of capability and those types of solutions. And I think the platform that you have at Instech, you know, the number of innovative tech solutions with all of the carriers and brokers and MGAs and professional services firms, you are bringing that ecosystem together and being a part of that, as well as kind of the access to the great events and content on your site, I think is the kind of driving force behind our continued support for your platform and your organization. Yeah, thanks for your support. I mean, I'd say our measure of the increased positive engagement by insurance is the number of people we see downloading reports and turning up for our events. And we're seeing all the time more people coming and be a back to our earlier comments about people at different stages in their career, both experienced underwriters and people earlier on and keen to learn. And and as you all know, particularly in London, but wherever you are in the world, you know, it's actually the face-to-face contact, the community, learning from people in a kind of formal setting is is extremely valuable. So I no, really appreciate your support. We couldn't do it without you. And uh, yeah, I can't promise to make you both famous, but I, given <laughs> how we're seeing the, the popularity of what we're talking about and listening to uh, i'm sure we're going to have listeners counted in the thousands um so we'll you know let you know how we're getting on in a few weeks time good well thank you very much to you both i really appreciate the time i know you've got a lot going on you're welcome great thanks very much matthew mm-hmm.